They said the age of heroes would never come again. It will. It has to. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Welcome back to Into the Superverse. Uh, We are here this week to talk about one of the biggest developments in superhero movies uh, in a couple years, probably, which is the release of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, Biggest thing to come out since COVID, certainly. Oh, absolutely. Well, 1984. Yeah. Wonder Woman. This feels bigger, though, because of the the weight of the production and I don't know the drama there's so much there's so much to talk about behind this uh but basically to set the scene for anyone that's not in the know which I'm sure you all are uh it's November 17th 2017 everyone is going to see Joss Whedon's cut of Justice League in theaters people are excited maybe a little trepidatious after Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman Suicide uh, Squad. Yeah, but, uh, you know, they're coming off the heels of Wonder Woman. Things are looking good. But uh, it comes out, and it is not great. It is a critical disappointment. Not as bad as some of the other ones, but not great. And it made not very much money. Uh, I will look at the exact number, but I know that it did not crack a billion dollars, which is pretty insane for a movie with... I don't know, five or six very recognizable superheroes in it. We got Superman. We got Batman. We got Wonder Woman. We've got The Flash. Yeah. Cyborg. Maybe not. I don't know if Cyborg is a household name. People that watch Teen Titans. I mean, they had a lot to work with. Big names, and it seemed like they were in a position where it would be hard to mess it up. Ben Affleck. uh, Ezra Miller. Gal Gadot. Like... Henry Cavill. Uh, what's her name? I, Amy Adams. Yeah. Huge names. Stacked cast. Diane Lane. Shout out. Uh, so I just had to check the the box office number for the first one after its run. It made $657.9 million. I mean, nothing to sneer at, y'all. In its entire run. But just for reference... Uh, Let's compare it to... Compare it to, like, Man of Steel. Well, I was going to compare it to a Marvel movie that most people would think did not make much okay. money. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, Justice League finished its run with $657 million. Ant-Man and the Wasp finished with $622 million. And I know it's less, but when you're dealing with an ensemble cast of DC's biggest superheroes... I think people were expecting a billion, at least. The Avengers movies all all made a billion, no problem. Uh, so I mean, we don't pick sides here on Into the Superverse, but we know which ones are better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, fast forward, it has been about three and a half years, and there were a lot of ups and downs, but people started calling for the Snyder Cut as soon as people started leaving the theater when the original version came out. What can you tell us about what happened when Zack Snyder left, the circumstances, and was there any intention of him ever coming back to do a cut? Like, was this always maybe in the back of everyone's mind? I mean, I know that he left because uh, his daughter passed away and so left because he was dealing with that, and his wife was also producing it and also had to leave. Yes. Um, Of course, it was a really big deal, and I'm sure at the time it was not even a thought in his mind. Like, it was a horrible situation. How far along in filming and everything, how far along in the production had happened when he left? I'm not sure how far the movie was into production, but he left in May of 2017. The movie kept its... November 2017 release date, so it's they were in a like post- pretty safe assumption that they were almost done shooting. But or when Joss Whedon came, well, when Joss Whedon came on, he shot new scenes. Oh, uh, okay. There were a lot of scenes that were 
entirely his, and he had a screenwriting credit on the final product, which he does not in Zack Snyder's version. Um, <laughs> so a lot of the work had been done, and I don't think it was his call for, for Joss Whedon to come in. I think he was just kind of like, I'm, I'm going to leave, and the studio Joss had to, was like, I'm free. studio did it. I got nothing else going in. Yeah. What was the last thing Joss Whedon had directed? Before that, it was probably Avengers 2. So some cross uh, some fact, cross pollination happening, check, but yeah. Um, oh, so he's re- he's responsible for a couple of uh, whammies oh. when it came to to group projects. Mm-hmm. Had he done any other DC stuff? No, I mean Avengers was the first superhero movie he did. So, which is a pretty big get for him. I I feel like I've tend to forget about that. I don't think a lot of people had a ton of faith in him unless they were really big fans of Serenity or Firefly or I guess he was involved with um, Buffy. But yeah. that's that was a big project for him to be helming at the time. Um, so it must have just been the studio's mindset. He worked magic with the Marvel Ensemble movies, so he's a good person to take he over. worked magic? I mean... Avengers was good. Oh, he did Avengers. He did Avengers 1 and 2. Oh, I thought he just did 2. No, he did He did the first and second one. Um, so, of course, I mean, they needed someone that knew how to juggle Experience, multiple superheroes. Yeah. So that made sense. But I think more of the problem came in that the, their two styles are very incompatible. And Zack Snyder was going to follow up the tone that he had set with Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. Which is a little darker. Yeah. So when the trailer for Justice League came out, I think people were caught off guard a little bit. Things seemed to be lighter. And I think a lot of that was Joss Whedon. Obviously, in the Snyder cut, there's still... I would... Well, there was... I mean, there was comedy in the other ones a little bit. But it's overall a lighter tone. The characters that they use kind of necessitate it. I don't think that the Joss Whedon one... I feel like it was still on the darker side, and that's just kind of inherently DC in a lot of ways. But mm-hmm. but still, the overall tone, I would argue, is lighter. So we've watched both now. We've watched the original one a little while ago, probably like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Or the original is in the Joss Whedon version, and then we just watched the Snyder Cut. Um, all four hours. Yeah. Uh, very well-paced four hours. Yeah, didn't feel that long. I will say, um, well, it did, it didn't feel that long until the last epilogue or whatever it was called. Yeah. It had a, had a real Lord of the Rings style. There were like seven different endings to it. Um, I was personally on the side of people that said, well, there probably won't be a Snyder cut. And if there is a Snyder cut, it probably still won't be very good because I was not a huge fan of Man of Steel or Batman v Superman. Um, I liked Batman v Superman a little better the second time I watched it. I've only seen the Ultimate Edition. I have no idea what the cinematic release was like. But um, I was just kind of on the boat being like, his style is kind of incongruent with superheroes. I don't know, it's just so dark, and his philosophies are very... Well, how do you think it matches up to like Christopher Nolan's Batman? I cuz I would say they have a similar Yeah, I think style, it's it I is guess. similar. I guess when I was thinking about how Justice League would turn out, um I just didn't like how much they had crammed into BVS. So I was worried about that just being taken to the extreme in Justice League, which the original cut was yeah, did not do a very good job of that because they had tried to to backdoor introductions to these characters into BVS, and that was done kind of haphazardly. They're like, he gets emailed video files of all of them doing their thing. I was like, this is well, yeah, and it's not, just implied it's not that natural. He's, he's trying to be like the shield, like putting the team together. Yeah, which is just you, it's a stretch to be like, I'm Batman like, head bitch in charge, and I'm the one, like, recruiting everyone, like... Yeah, but there is no... He's trying to be Tony and Phil. Yeah. Or not. There's no Nick Fury figure oh, yeah. for the Justice League, you know, and without Superman there to be, like, the noble leader... Well, he's um, Captain America. Yeah, 
they they kind of had to do Batman instead, and I think they did a, a pretty admirable job with it in the Snyder Cut, um, working with the time that they have. I do think that... Yeah, I liked the whole recruitment scenes. I think we got a lot more background on the cyborg character in the Snyder Cut, which was really nice, because that was one thing that I remember thinking was lacking in the Joss Whedon version was, like, how little we got of this, like, new character, and he seemed, like, the most fascinating to me. It's pretty crazy to me, looking at some of the scenes that are new to the Snyder Cut and thinking about how they chose to cut them out. So the really big, pivotal scenes, like, I don't know, the whole thing with Cyborg playing football and we get more of his background with his family, and all, all of stuff his with, stuff with yeah. the Flash. Like well, and how his dad... The cyborg's dad died mm-hmm. in the Snyder version. It's, I mean, the the DNA is still there, and there's a lot of scenes that are identical, but it is effectively a, a totally different movie. Well, it's not like a it's not a director's <clears throat> cut anymore, even though it is. It's like a total re envisioning. I mean, there's a another villain <laughs> that we didn't meet in the uh, yeah Joss Whedon version. It's mind boggling. I will say J-W- I'll um, say J W. Yeah, J-Dubs. This movie, you could maybe trim 20 to 30 minutes off of it, max. You could have definitely trimmed the Zack Snyder. The the new stuff that he shot, the the nightmare thing and the epilogue with Martian Manhunter, that you could probably take out the Iris West thing for The Flash, but I think you start to go any more than 20, 30 minutes, and the movie really loses what's, a lot of what makes it so good. What's the Iris West thing? The car crash. Oh. No, I think that was good. I think you were just about to say that, that we got that extra scene yeah, with like, the Flash. Which I loved. Um, it, it just... I don't... <laughs> I don't know what Zack Snyder's plan was if he had stayed on, because clearly WB is big on studio direction you know they're like you got to do this you got to do this and we're not going to let you do x y and z he would have he would have had to bring a four-hour cut to the studio and i'm curious to see what that would look like because they're like obviously you're not going to release a four-hour movie in theaters so it would have probably been two and a half hours because even that was pretty crazy and when when endgame was three hours people thought that was nuts i don't I think that Zack Snyder was only able to do this because it was a special cut. That's what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, it is, it's fantastic that we got this, but if he had stayed on the project, yes, it would have been more faithful to his vision, but it still wouldn't have been this movie. And I am curious to see if it was just left entirely up to him, what he would have done to bring the time down. Yeah, I mean, it, it did feel like they, these could have been two different movies, like where this movie ends when they bring back Superman, mm-hmm. I think. Or, I don't know, maybe earlier, but... Um, the bef- I, I can't remember, but it seemed like in the JW version, they brought back Superman, like, really early. And they brought him back much, much later in the Snyder cut. Well, well, I was kind of, I had seen this on Twitter and read it, and I just was thinking about it again when we were in the movie. Uh, about two hours into the Snyder Cut, it's when Batman doesn't show up for two hours. Bruce Wayne does, but Batman in costume is not in that movie until you are well I'm, past the I'm two fine hour with mark. That. I don't but I'm really saying care about the, the Netflix Batman. Sorry. Not, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, well. Not the point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There. There are, there's so much time to, to, there's so much time to get the plot moving that by that halfway point, we are just seeing Batman in costume. What's all introductions? And 20 minutes before that, in the theatrical cut, the movie's already over. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Which is hard to wrap your head around. But that's what we, I mean, but that's what we liked was all the introductions that they spent. They spent a lot of time on that. Um, I do think they... If they really wanted to, they could have cut some of the, like, Aquaman and um, Amazon- Amazonian scenes. Like, that Amazonian Amazon scene was really long. Yeah. Um, and I know that was actually similar to JW. Like, they had a scene mm-hmm. pretty much identical or 
the one are you talking about the one when like he the gets flashback the box. or when he gets the box? I don't remember that very much from that from that version. I know it's it's there, but yeah, I I mean I know it, it was pretty similar, but it seemed like if you were to trim, I would trim there and anything underwater. Yeah. Like, they added, or maybe didn't add, but Zack Snyder used, um, what's his name? In Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, and that wasn't in JW. Yes, that was the original plan, because they were setting up Aquaman. Right. Oh, which, I forgot. Yeah. There is a inconsistency that Molly noticed when we were watching, and I have seen other people bring up now, which is, there's a line from Mira saying that my parents are dead. Oh, and they yeah. were killed by what's his name, and that is raises the question of what was communication like because this movie came out in twenty seventeen. The original came out in twenty seventeen. Aquaman came out in twenty eighteen, so that was already being worked on, already written. It was like nobody was talking to anybody. Zack Snyder was never. I don't know never if Zack consulted. Snyder saw the other movies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't probably watch it. It's just, uh, like, no one, no one that was working on I have Aquaman, a, th- a character that was introduced in Justice League, was like, hey guys, is there anything we should know about this story? Like, the, the characters were cast, the writing had started. Well, It's a big plot point in Aquaman. Well, I think, I'm assuming what happened was, they filmed it as, I, I assume, like, all the Aquaman stuff was filmed with Zack Snyder, because, like, they're not going to do a lot of reshoots on that underwater stuff. Um, but then, um, they cut a lot of it because, in in the JW version, because they were working on the script. So they probably told, again, him taking notes from the studio saying, yes, we'll make those changes. And I think, again, I don't know if Zack Snyder watched Aquaman or cared and was like, this is how I was going to do it. I do think he probably just didn't care. Um, After it came out, he was like, you know what? I think they had already... But actually, I think it's better how they did it in the JW version, with that and that her I like the plot in in Aquaman with her her dad has a really pivotal role and I I like that so Yeah, it's a very important plot in Aquaman which really yeah. makes it even more bewildering. They had cast Dolph Lundgren as Mira's dad in Aquaman before Justice League came out. Yeah, or maybe it was just an oversight. Yeah, I mean clearly. I don't but... know. The weirdest difference for the Aquaman stuff was definitely Mira having this British accent. Yeah. All the scenes were the same, lines were the same. She just had a not so good accent. But did that none of the other people have. But did that happen in the JW version? No. But she's barely in that. Yeah, but she's there and she doesn't have it. And then she doesn't have it in Aquaman. <laughs> I don't know what the uh what the idea was there. And does Amber Heard have an accent? I don't I don't think so, which means that she was putting on an accent for that role. Yeah, she's American. That's very odd. I have several questions. Um, so, that's one of the not-so-good changes. Also, I think not-so-good changes was when you were talking about the comedy and like the lightness. I liked how Aquaman brought a lot of the comedy, and I think you saw that more in the JW version, and it was like not as apparent in the Zack Snyder. He just seemed like a complete asshole in the Zack Snyder yeah. one. Which he kind of is, yeah. but... I actually think it makes a bit more sense in this, because he's still... In the Zack it, Snyder it, one? It, yeah, it kind of takes until Aquaman for him to, to open up at all. I mean, he's just, like, moody all the time. Yeah, Covers. but at least when he was moody in JW, he was funny. Yeah. <laughs> he's still got some good lines in this one, though. He's like, so you, you do all this dress as a bat? he walks into the back, he's like, badass Alfred. You know. Yeah. He's got his stuff. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about some of the uh, maybe some of the changes that we didn't like. And then we can talk about the ones that we really did like. Well, even though we've covered a lot of those already. Do you think that Zack Snyder is shipping Wonder Woman and Batman? Yes. But, like, I didn't feel that same way in the JW version. I, or was it coming off as much? I think much? it was probably intentionally removed because either Joss Whedon or the studio didn't didn't like the implications of that. I don't ship it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, like, I want her to be happy, especially after watching 1984, but I just, I mean, it's pretty apparent how I feel about Ben Affleck's Batman. The only romance that I really need in this one is 
Clark and Lois. So we got a lot of that in this cut and in the other one, too. It was better in this one, but I don't think it was necessary, and that would have been a weird thing if they had made sequels to this or a Ben Affleck Batman. I don't know. Well, she's going to be coming back. You don't think Ben Affleck's coming back for anything else? He's coming back for The Flash. That's confirmed. But they're not doing a Batman movie with him. I don't think he wants to do that. That's fine. We don't need another Batman movie. Yeah. Well, they're doing the Robert Pattinson one instead. Exactly. Originally, the Ben Affleck movie was going to be directed by Ben Affleck. And then he had a movie that bombed in 2016 i think so that that went out the window so they got matt reeves to do it and then after justice league i think ben affleck just said nope i don't feel like doing this anymore i I think he was at that time uh had relapsed and was going through a lot of other stuff so i think he was just no longer interested but he did come back for the scenes in this one so i think he likes working with Zack snyder I also have made up my own story in my head about how all of these actors are with Zack Snyder, and they were all like, we want to, like, do this guy a solid, because we like him. Also, he, like, went through this horrible tragedy. Like, that's just what I've decided in my head, that people are just being nice, although I'm sure there were lots of, like, backroom deals and things like that happening, but... I also think you're right, though. I mean, a lot of the actors were the ones that were vocally calling for a Snyder cut of it in the last couple of years. And uh, Zack Snyder himself was posting on some niche social media app that I've never heard of. That's like where he does all of his stuff. Mm. It's called Vero, um, but that he would he would post stuff there. And going on the DC Cinematic subreddit, you'd always get people that were making big jumps or conclusions based on Zack Snyder liking somebody's comment or responding LOL to something that was like ragging That's on Joss Whedon's version. So shady. And then I, it was. Even speaking as someone that's generally speaking not, I'm not on the the DC hype train like I am for Marvel stuff. But um, sometime in fall of 2020, he posted a picture of a film reel that said Justice League directed by like, like Zack Snyder on it, with like a bunch of text being like, "Is it real? Does it exist? Of course it does." And people were like, "Ah, that's fun." And even after that, I think, or maybe it was a couple months before that. The studio had been like, no, we're not going to do a Snyder Cut. Like, that's a total pipe dream. But, you know, people were really, uh, <laughs> they didn't know what to people expect. People needed it in COVID. Um, did Joss Whedon ever say anything about the Snyder Cut? Do you know? I don't know. I will look at that now. I I mean, there was some reports that came out that people did not enjoy working with him, uh, the actors mm-hmm. specifically. So I think it just made them miss Zach. Even more. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think he's commented on it. I, He has no business doing that, really, I think. He's a, he's in a position where... He, largely disliked. You can't say Even anything. outside of this movie, you know. he's yeah. People have come out about him being shitty. Why do you still think he, other projects. he can say anything? Yeah, he has no grounds to, to complain. No, or... I don't even mean... Com- like, I just don't think there's anything he could say, like, good or bad, that would come off well. Yeah. Unless he was just like, join it, thanks. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. there's just not much to say there. Um, This is a funny anecdote. I have seen this before. I forgot. Um, After they screened Whedon's version for Warner Brothers... Uh, Christopher Nolan and Deborah Snyder, Zack Snyder's wife, uh, (laughs) they came out of the screening, went to Zack Snyder and said, you can never see that movie. Like, don't watch it. And he's still never seen it. He, oh, so he didn't see Joss Whedon's version. Nope. He must know certain things, though. Certainly. I, I think he knew. Because someone, it seems he probably like had there were just some deliberate him. changes made. I'm imagining them like That's going like Aaron it. Sorkin. He says he's never watched the last two, three, three seasons of The West Wing, but like he knows what happens. Yeah. People have told him. I can imagine them sitting in a in a boardroom when they were starting production on this version being like, they cut what? They added what? The flash falls onto Wonder Woman's chest? Were there other things you wanted to point out? Changes? I feel like we 
pivoted away from that, but good and bad. I mean, yes, we've spoken about a lot of them, but there are some that are just so sweeping that I wonder why they even bothered changing it. Some of them made me think that the studio didn't have faith in the movie doing well enough to have a sequel because mm. a big one is the fact that, like you said earlier, we didn't see Darkseid in the theatrical yeah. version. We know, kind of, that Steppenwolf is working for Darkseid and he says his name a few times while he's fighting the Justice League. But in this one, in the Snyder Cut, he's a totally different character. Like, he has this relationship with Darkseid that he's trying to mend and he has made mistakes and is like yeah, trying to make up for his shortcomings. Gave him some more. Uh, it's so much more compelling. Dexterity, I guess. Um, so that background or that um, flashback scene, there's no dark side in the JW cut. It's Steppenwolf doing the fighting. Oh, interesting. Which is such That's a weird a thing huge to change. Difference. Well, see that those kinds of changes. I'm like, was that change like did jw change that or did Zack snyder add that in but those seem like big things to add in after the fact so i would assume that that was all shot yeah no that the only things that weren't already shot were both of the scenes the new scenes in the epilogue the nightmare with the joker and the thing with martian manhunter everything else was now, that, that addition with the Martian Manhunter I was cool with. I didn't need the whole Joker scene. Yeah. I mean, I think... I like it in concept, but... If they had let him do it, or if he had managed to shoot that at the time, it would have been better than what we got, because they did it over Zoom on green yeah. screens. and uh, A couple other huge changes. The opening to Zack Snyder's cut is 100% different. And that was such a mistake on Joss Whedon's part because not only was his movie being panned, but all anybody could talk about was how bad the CGI was removing Henry Cavill's mustache. That wasn't the opening. That scene, that was the worst example of it was in the opening of Joss Whedon's version. He's being filmed by these kids and they're like asking him... Like how it feels to be a superhero and oh I didn't I forgot about that completely I did one thing I did like about the JW version was the two funerals that were happening yes. of Superman um, and we didn't get that at all in the Zack Snyder cut but I really liked that showing like this is Clark Kent and this is Superman and how the world sees it and I think it like laid a good foundation for why they really needed to bring back Superman. Because in the Zack Snyder version, they kept saying that, like, the people need Spider- or Spider-Man, Superman. Um, but you actually kind of saw that more in that JW scene. Yeah. That was a nice touch. But overall, it was, this opening was so much better. Because I'm Well, just... that, that's, I'm not even talking about the opening. That whole funeral, that's not the opening of J. It is? Mm-hmm. Oh, never mind. It goes from that scene to the funeral, and we just see, like, people around the world looking sad. How was Zack Snyder's opening? What was that like? It immediately opened with Superman's death, and he's, like, screaming, and all this stuff starts happening, and then it's just from there. There's also a weird scene at the beginning of Joss Whedon's version where Batman is, like, chasing a burglar across the rooftops of Gotham, and one of the parademons is, like, already there and can, like, smell fear. Oh, yeah, the whole and, smelling and Batman, fear thing. Batman, like, already happen. knows that the parademons are here. It, I That was totally a casualty of, like, we don't have time to do this whole setup. But it made, it was so much worse. But they did do the the flame, the warning flame that Gal Gadot sees. So, like, they don't need to do more setup than that. Like, it worked. I mean, obvi- I mean obviously, the accident version was very long, so, like, they could do all that. But, I mean, we didn't need to see Batman knowing. Because he... I think what they did in the Zack Snyder version was just, like, Batman just knows that more, more bad stuff is happening and that we're not ready, which is the same plot kind of as the Avengers. Like, yes, this bad thing happened, and we know this is not going to be the end-all be-all for, like, things coming from other planets. 
Um, so I, that's, like, fine just to be, like, he already has his suspicions, I guess, which is what they did in the Zack Snyder version. And, yeah, that whole fear thing was dropped in the Zack yeah, it was pretty hokey. Snyder version, but, again, that seems like a weird thing to add in. Unless they were just playing up, you know, Batman's fear of bats. They love talking about fear. Yeah, Batman. but it was it was a bad choice. It was very, very corny, very, like, feels like a Star Trek episode or a Doctor oh. Who episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the whole family in Russia. That's gone. Was not in the Zack Snyder and that was fine. I didn't care about that very much. That was Zack Snyder being like, um, how did I make the final battle relatable in my last movie? Okay, let's do it again. And have people living outside of a nuclear irradiated waste dump. It was Yeah, it made more sense to be like, no, there's no people here. Also, that's the only thing the Flash did in that version was save a family. And this is when he literally like goes back in time and prevents the earth from oh, yeah. being destroyed. See, I, that part I wasn't really remembering what was different and what wasn't. It was... I was also getting a little antsy in the four-hour movie by that point. Yeah, but I mean, that was just... Ezra Miller must have been so disappointed knowing that he shot this really, really cool and, like, pretty, like, emotional scene and then just having it all removed and being like, yeah, you're gonna help this family get their pickup truck out of the way. though, with Cyborg and the... JW1 version. He didn't like go back in time, yeah, but he that's did do what I the mean. uh He did like what the original plan was supposed to be, I think. Hey, charging it up and yeah, making Yeah, I think the, so. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I was having a hard time remembering the uh JW version. I will say we were planning on watching it in parts like we didn't plan on watching it all together for like 4 hours, but we we're like, yeah, let's just keep watching. So in that sense, yeah, we we weren't that aware of how long it was. But for me, I was starting to get a little, okay, let's, we get it. We know how this ends. That was part of it, too. Right. It's like, we, we do know how this movie is going to end. And that didn't so. change so much. Um, but I will say, and we already talked about the pacing, but, you know, we were two hours in and we were like, we're already two hours in. Like, it, it really blew by. I was not expecting that. I mean, there are there are literally too many changes to count. I guess we have touched on most of them, but you know, without going into the real nitty gritty. But they just did so many more things that expanded the universe and provided little setups here and there for possible future movies. They had a character named Ryan Choi who worked at Star Labs with Cyborg's dad. He is a superhero in the comics, so maybe they were. Like, okay, if you guys do a Flash movie and he's working at Star Labs, here you go. He's already here for you. Uh, and one thing I like, even though it was a little gratuitous, was that this was rated R, which I just thought was fun because in theaters, also no way it would get an R rating. And that entertains me that Zack Snyder knew that and shot all these scenes <laughs> with a bunch of people dropping F-bombs and blood spraying everywhere. I didn't even notice the F-bombs. I mean, they were... None of them were really forced. No, I know. I just didn't even, it, like, it, it note it. It worked with the tone, you know? Yeah. Um, but, like, Zach, you knew that almost all of these would have had to be cut. <laughs> but, see, that's what I mean. Like, there were things... This was definitely a movie as a result of, you know, not just in the fact that it could be four hours, but that's why I feel like he even knew a lot more about what Joss Whedon did, because it was almost like he made choices as a reaction to what Joss Whedon did. Like, oh, this didn't work. This didn't play well. I'm going to do something different. Like, it would have been very interesting to see what he would have done in 2017. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Someone told him all this stuff, and he was like, I will make this movie. And clearly he's following yeah. message boards and things mm-hmm. like that, so he knows yes. what fans like and don't like. I actually just saw that, um, because I had forgotten about it too, the Joss Whedon version had actually played up um, Batman and Wonder Woman's thing more. Oh, really? There's a scene where 
they're like giving each other like massages and like helping each other stretch and stuff. What? I don't remember that at all. I must have blocked it out. That's so and weird. It doesn't happen in the Snyder cut, but in the Joss Whedon cut, they Batman and Wonder Woman kind of have this ongoing argument about neither of them wanting to be the leader of the Justice League. Like, neither of them want to step up and do it. Oh, yeah, I kind of remember that, too. But it's, like, clearly, like I said earlier, having his head bitch in charge. And it makes sense. He's, like, has the finances to do it. Like, Gal Gadot has been living her life for hundreds of years. Like, she doesn't need to be taking on that kind of project. Like, unnecessary plot. Just one of those real head scratchers of an addition to the movie. I guess, like, trying to create a little bit of conflict within the group, but... I mean, I guess the conflict is Aquaman, and even then it's like, okay, get over yourself. That's kind of what everyone's attitude is, which is fine and appropriate, because Aquaman is annoying in Justice League. Yes. Yes, he is. Um, Like, get on board. It's an interesting article that I recently found on Insider saying that the treatment of women in the movie is much better in the Zack Snyder version. And they have all these specific details that really just go into some of these questionable choices that clearly were made by Joss Whedon. For example, in the uh, Wonder Woman's first scene where she's fighting the terrorists in the bank, she is a complete badass in the Zack Snyder version. That's probably her best scene. Uh, in the Joss Whedon version, she gets hit in the back of the head with a gun. Like, someone, like, gets the, gets the jump on her and, like, hits her over the head. That's so dumb. I'm like, why? Why? Was that before or after her first movie came out? This was after. Oh, okay. This came out November 2017. Wonder Woman came out in May or June of that year, I think, so... See, like, if they were cutting for, like, an actual-length movie, like, that scene, I feel like, actually could have been cut because we because we already know who Wonder Woman is. Like, we could have just had a shorter scene or something like that, but... I mean, it is a really good scene, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It just, like, wasn't necessary. And, and then it was like, are these terrorists supposed to be important? Is this an important plot? That's never like, talked about again. <laughs> nah, just a cool intro. Yeah, but they make a point of them being part of this, like, specific terrorist group. In in the Zack Snyder version. They, like, say a little bit about... Oh. That it's this, like, group. Maybe that is an Easter... <clears throat> Maybe that's an Easter egg that we just don't get. It almost reminded me of what's happening in Bucky and the Winter Soldier... Or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Here's a weird one. In the Joss Whedon cut, there was a news broadcast from the Daily Planet um, that plays as the parademons are rounding up hostages. And they have this thing where there's a random woman saying that this janitor's wife has some strong words for the aliens. She says, stole her man. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) The janitor from Star Labs. Yeah. Uh, Very weird. In a scene of Martha Kent telling Lois that Clark always said she was the thirstiest young woman he ever met. That's gone. Oh, that's a... Didn't that change where uh, Martha wasn't really Martha when she came to talk Mm -hmm. to Lois? I Mm -hmm. mean, you already mentioned the... What is it, Hunter? Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter. Um, But that was different. I also don't know if I loved that, that, like, that wasn't a genuine scene between Martha and Lois, because it was, was a nice scene. That was a weird choice, too. Also, like, what was the point? I guess the point was to get Lois to, like, not give up or something, but... Yeah, that's the whole... I mean, this is, I think, across the board with Batman versus Superman and Justice League, either version, is that... They keep kind of going back to the idea that Lois Lane is the key, and I am just not here for that idea. Like, I don't understand why that is the crux of literally the world ending. And I don't I don't think that little of Superman is what I was saying to Griffin after watching it was like, 
okay, let's say Lois Lane did die. Let's say the Joker did it or whoever. Like, it kind of doesn't matter. Like, I just don't think that he would take such a turn. And you did say that there was more to it than that, that he was being influenced. Well, the whole thing that Darkseid is chasing is this thing called the anti-life equation, which is like a... I actually wanted to look in a bit more to this. I wanted to understand it. They name drop it uh, in this movie. And It's a formula oh. for total control over the minds of sentient beings. In the nightmare post-apocalypse scene that we get a glimpse of in this, Lois has died, Superman is vulnerable and kind of numb, and we see Darkseid walk up and put his hand on Superman's shoulder. So to me, it's more believable to have Darkseid, who has won... Uh, exert this control over Superman and use him to search out the people that Darkseid probably knew in an alternate timeline were the ones that killed Steppenwolf and stopped him from taking over Earth. Yeah, but then even beyond that, they're like, she's the key, not just that she dies. Like, it was something, they were like really hyping up that there's more to Lois Lane than meets the eye, I guess, or something like that. There's something in the Zack Snyder cut um, that... Batman and Alfred, I think, are talking, or maybe Wonder Woman. I don't know. There's, like, a, a line that's saying that she's the key more than what we think. And I just don't, I don't know. I just don't need it to all be, the whole world is blamed on her dying. Not that that's her fault, yes. but, like. Definitely something that. We're never really going to know how it would play out because Zack Snyder was planning on doing two or three Justice League movies. So, you know, maybe we would have gotten more there that. I'm not going to say never because they also said there would never be a Snyder cut. Well, at the time that we're recording this, they are being pretty stubborn in saying that no, we are not going to continue doing the Snyderverse. And also, Zack Snyder has said, no, I'm not doing any more. Uh, movies in the DC universe. So, but yep, things could change. I mean, he definitely, this was a labor of love for him. He didn't make any money off of this project. So, um, should we, is there anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up? Uh, I don't think I have any more to really talk about in the way of changes. Uh, it is fun to just scroll through a list and you can see just how big or small some of these changes were. And I would love and, expose that went into yeah let's see the documentary about I would, this. that would be fantastic i just want to see the process from start and i want to see for both both the jw and the Zack snyder and... i want to see the reactions of the actors and the crew and the directors when the first one bombed and how the studio handled it because they have never really been that transparent in announcing movies or how they're handling I their want... slate things change all the time and i'm sure that the first Justice League bombing made them restructure their whole thing because that was kind of their launch pad. This is what I want. This is a mashup, if you will. Christopher Guest taking on the documentary of Justice League. That would be so the funny. Making of. I want all of the interviews, all of the awkwardness. So I just think it would be the funniest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Low expectations, though. Want to see... But it is, it's a mockumentary in the sense that they're mocking how serious Justice League is. It'd be so good. Imagining that with, like, all the actual actors oh, in yeah. it just lampooning themselves. You see, like, Just Sweden so and then just, like, walk off. I think some of them would be willing <laughs> to do it, too. But that would be incredible. Okay. Uh, favorite character or, like, character you'd most want to have their powers um, or something like that well let me just say i would take the powers too uh my favorite character in this version not so much the original was the flash i really loved the flash in this uh and it has definitely renewed my interest in the flash movie even though billy crudup can't, can't come back it's very sad but he had a lot of material i thought his humor was better in this one and i just love how unabashedly overpowered this version of the flashes he is so fast that whatever they decide to do with him in his own movie will certainly be fascinating because they're kind of getting into a 
a Superman strength level scenario where nothing can, nothing can touch him. So I'm really excited to see where that is. Um, uh, mine would be Cyborg. I really liked, especially the Zack Snyder version. Not necessarily like, his powers, but I just really liked the more information we got about him. And him kind of coming into his own as a new person, really. Yeah, he had a he had a very touching plot line. Yeah, devastating. The, the scene where he chooses to give the woman at the ATM $100,000 is really, really good. Um, and provided some really strong characterization for him. Okay, what about your favorite scene? Either from the JW or the Zack Snyder? Oh, oh, this is tough. I mean, I feel like you kind of said it earlier, and maybe it's a cop-out, but the whole Flash going back in time. That's probably going to be it. I mean, And leading to them chopping off Steppenwolf's head, which was also a change. The, yeah, the fact that they, they overhauled that sequence so much from the Whedon version, where I was like, I don't care what's happening, and everything is bright red, and I don't... I don't care about this villain. All these people are here and it doesn't make any sense. This one was like, I, it was, you know, we were getting to the three and a half hour point in the movie. It was, it was weighing on me a little bit, but it was so good because everybody in the fight had a reason to be there and they were all doing really good. And it was, I love that they still lost and Flash had to save it. Despite yeah. everybody being there, Superman was already there and they still couldn't, Still couldn't handle it. The other scene I really like, which I think is in both movies pretty similar, like there wasn't a lot changed, was them f having to fight Superman when he first comes back. And especially that part where he looks over at the Flash and gives him that, like Henry Cavill gives him great facial reaction to so good. being able to like be in the real time as the Flash. And, and his eyes are like widening the whole time. I mean, that whole scene is pretty good because... They are not equipped to handle Superman, and they don't want to fight Superman. Um, but I, that one's good too. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That that scene was. I mean, I I did enjoy that scene in the Whedon cut too, but this one just made well a couple small improvements on it that just made it better. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about? I know one of the segments that we have talked about doing is. What would this movie be like if Zack Snyder directed it? And I think we covered that. What would the four-hour Snyder Cut be like if Joss Whedon directed it? <laughs> what would this movie look like if the Russo brothers had directed it? I don't it would even know be how really to answer funny. that question. Yeah. They, it would have been, I think, like even more campier than a Joss Whedon yeah, version, actually. In a different way. Yeah. But... Uh, they would have gone whole hog on, <laughs> they would have gone all in on the comic book plot. Like, they are more, I think that they try and follow plots of comic books really closely or use that as inspiration. And, and I don't know whether or not they did that closely for... The Justice League, but Zack Snyder doesn't really strike me as somebody that, like, is that into comic books. And, I mean, I know Jeff Sweden kind of is, but, um, I don't know. I think the Russo brothers handle that well. I don't know. I could be talking about my ass I right do now. think Zack... I don't know enough about DC or most of its characters. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the fact the Justice League is a team. Darkseid is the big bad of the DC universe. But I know that his Watchmen movie, which I actually haven't seen, um, whether people like it or not, it was apparently like a panel-for-panel panel adaptation of Watchmen. Like, very faithful. Of course, it's not the same because this is not... Justice League movie is not based on, like, a single right. plot arc. But I do think it would have they would have peppered in, like, a lot of little a Easter, lot of Easter eggs. eggs. They would have probably yeah. set up more side characters. Um, I don't know. Yeah, their, their styles are totally different, and in some ways, I think the way that um, Zack Snyder did the final battle in this movie was probably better than what the Russos would have done for it. I just, I, I have a lot of problems with Zack Snyder's directing, but his 
his fight scenes I'm a big fan of, even if this movie might have had a little too much slow-mo. I, I was literally just going to say that there was a lot of slow motion. I think that's partly why it's a four-hour movie, because there was, like, half of it was in slow motion. It's like Mission Impossible 2. Like, each character had, when they were introduced, had a slow-mo fight scene, and that really only should have been utilized for the Flash. Like, I think that, that function was overutilized because then it just kind of lessens what the Flash yeah, does. Yeah, it feels slightly less special. Especially uh, <laughs> when Wonder Woman does it, it's like, is she also going fast? Yeah. But she's not. She's like, has her own powers. Like, yeah. she can do other stuff. I don't know. That's just nitpicky also. Yeah. But I guess that's what we're doing here. I mean, yes. <laughs> this, I just remember, like, when I watched Batman v Superman for the first time, I was like, I don't like this movie. But there were a couple scenes in it where I was like, the Batman v Superman, this is totally off topic, besides the fact that it's Zack Snyder. Batman had better fight scenes in that movie than he did in any of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Because in those movies, he was not a very good fighter. He was kind of just like, he was lumbering around and he would throw these big punches. But Ben Affleck's Batman was the scene where he fights everybody when he's saving Martha Kent. And he like bursts out of the floor and he like throws these electromagnets on everybody's guns. I... It's really, really, really stylized combat. And the Russos don't really don't really do that. They're pretty traditional in yeah. how they do their fight scenes. Well, just a fun thought experiment. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, now that we have a James Gunn Suicide Squad follow, you know, following up Joss Whedon taking over for Zack Snyder on the 2017 cut, I would be interested in maybe... John Favreau has a DC character he wants to do. Get back oh, in the director's that would be chair. Interesting. Uh, who knows? The future of the DC cinematic universe is one big question mark at the moment. So, who knows what the future holds? Uh, please give us a like, review, five stars if you can, wherever you get your podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for joining in for another episode of Into the Superverse.